1: Hey Jalenta! Hey Kristen! It has been one week since we lived by the Nature Fix, and you know what that means? It's time for another "By the Book" mini episode! Woohoo! By the
2: book. By the book, By the
1: book. By the book. By the book. By the book. By the, book, by the book. That's right time for another "Buy the epilogue. This week, we're looking at the aftermath of living by The Nature Fix, Why Nature Makes Us Happier, Healthier, and More Creative by Florence Williams.
2: We received a lot of listener mail on this one and on a wide range of topics, but let's start with a topic that always gets so much play here. It's everyone's favorite P word. It's not pizza. Privilege.
1: I love what Maggie had to say about the subject. Maggie wrote, I used to work with an environmental education center in a Midwest national park that offers week-long residential programs for middle school students. We regularly had kids on-site who came from impoverished inner-city areas. Some of these kids had never really spent time in nature, and the transformation we'd see in them over the course of the week was just stunning. A favorite story is the little boy who, on a hike, grabbed an instructor's sleeve with tears in his eyes because he heard for the first time in his life the sound of the wind in the trees. At the end of the week, the kids were more confident, more willing to try new things, less afraid of the unknown, and just carried themselves differently. You couldn't deny the impact of being outside. That being said, the vast majority of these kids were only able to get this experience thanks to scholarships secured by our fundraising staff to cover their tuition and transportation. Many of their families don't have cars, and public transportation in our area doesn't reach the national park. So while the power of the experience is undeniable, it would be misleading to say that these kids have easy or regular access to it. And this is a fairly urban national park with free entry. Parks like Yellowstone, Yosemite, Zion, and the Grand Canyon are pretty much off the table for many families due to the high cost of traveling there, not to mention the fact that hotels, restaurants, gift shops, etc. can jack up prices nearby because privileged people can and will pay it. Nature is indeed amazing and powerful, but I think Jolenta and Kristen are spot on when they point out how much one's access to nature is determined by their privilege. Maggie,
2: that story about that little boy, like, truly makes me want to cry. Oh. So sweet little baby here
1: in the wind in the tree. <laughs> so sweet. So sweet. Uh. I hope he got to climb that tree. Oh, me
2: too. Unless, the height scare him. In which case, I hope he just really enjoyed himself on the
1: ground. I hope so, too. I hope so.
2: But we also heard from a lot of listeners who think uh, we throw the P word around a little too liberally, Kristen.
1: Oh, yes. Like Janet?
2: Yes. Janet wrote us to say... I just got finished listening to your verdicts on the Nature Fix book, and I have to say that a part of Kristen's verdict really rubbed me the wrong way. She said the author was being classist by suggesting that everyone should and could afford to take a long excursion into nature on a regular basis. Are you kidding me? Just because Jolenta couldn't afford to buy a tent and a sleeping bag? She could have borrowed one from a friend, bought stuff at a yard or garage sale, etc. You buy the gear once and from then on, all you need to buy is food. We bought a tent and other supplies on eBay for likely less than Jolenta spent last month at Nordstrom's Rack. Didn't she herself say that she regularly and often unnecessarily shops there? Yet she can't afford a cheap tent. Come on. Getting out into nature is one of the cheapest and easiest trips you can take.
1: Ooh. Well, we do have to say, Janet, Mm -hmm. you are not alone. Lots of people wrote in with the exact same complaint as you, especially camping enthusiasts. A lot of camping enthusiasts mentioned uh, the cheapness of tents and borrowing tents from friends and so on. But uh, of course, Jolenta and I were going to... You know, come to our own defense here. I'll let you start. Yeah,
2: I'm going to I'm going to come to Kristen's defense and my defense. Uh, First and foremost, I like browsing at Nordstrom's Rack to kill time. I rarely, rarely actually buy things. So I'm just going to pretend I did not get shit for going into a Nordstrom's Rack just then, Janet. Um, (laughs) But seriously, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, it's a good point. But the book says you should go on a natural getaway once a month and go on a multi day wilderness trip to some place that is awe inspiring once a year. Now, the monthly trip, if it's like a day trip, it's, that is doable. You're right. Especially if you have a local park nearby that can inspire awe. But An annual multi-day wilderness excursion is a way bigger ask and assumes some privilege, like Maggie said in our first letter. You know, we don't all have cars. We don't all have space to even store camping gear in our 400-square-foot apartments we share with our families. Or, like, I don't even have any friends I could borrow gear from. None of my friends have it because none of them have the space. Yeah,
1: I 100% agree with that. And while I applaud people who are in Janet's camp here and to love camping. <laughs> ah, camp. camp, get it, camp. Um, I just have to speak from my own experience here for a second, as someone whose mother worked retail her whole life. There were points when I was growing up when my mom was working three jobs at a time, supporting me and my sister. She didn't have these things called vacation days. Mm-hmm. And the idea of us taking a uh, wilderness vacation was just completely beyond possibility it just wasn't even something we could consider my mom did everything she could none of this is to badmouth my mom by the way my no. mom worked her tail off yeah, and she did but when you're she an could.
2: hourly worker that doesn't you know get sick days or time off when
1: you're not working you're not making money yeah you're not making money you don't have the vacation time you may not have access to anything to take you off to Yosemite or the Grand Canyon it's you know or even campgrounds that are a couple of hours outside the city we it's just not something that we had access to yeah but let's move on to another topic our listeners were very passionate about this week health yes
2: health uh, Rebecca wrote us about mental health she says both my education and career are in wildlife biology and education. My current job is all about getting people outside into nature. So this book is near and dear to my heart. And I love that both women agreed on the benefits of nature and how it helped them. Second, I do struggle with mental health, primarily anxiety. Thus, I can't say completely that nature fixes everything because obviously it doesn't. However, it is very true that nature can help mental health. It can be part of a treatment plan with other medications or therapy or lots of other things.
1: Oh. I, I love like that, that perspective. It's very balanced. Yeah. It's not saying, yes, you absolutely must do this. Everything is black and white. Like
2: if you hugged a tree three times a day, you never get depressed. But yeah. it's like I love it as also like part of your almost like prescription. Like it's part of the treatment plan. And I hadn't really heard of folding it in like that before, but I really like it. And now that I think about it, my therapist is like, go for a run. Get out there. And she's probably also, you know, yes, it's expending some energy, but it's probably also like get some fresh air on you and in you and look at a tree while you're freaking out.
1: Looking at a tree is nice. Yeah, I do like always at nice. Trees. All right. Let's move on to something I think we failed to touch on, but that several listeners wrote about. And that is obesity. Megan wrote, I loved this week's episode, and I loved quite a lot of the book. It bummed me out, though, how the author kept talking about obesity as a health problem because it's simply not correct to conflate health with weight. There are lots of hella healthy fat people in the world and tons of unhealthy skinny people, too. She's a great writer with a great message, but I think she needs some education on ableism and fat phobia.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think Florence Williams, like definition of health is a little old school, just a little. I don't know. It feels like something I would have been taught as a kid that like we wouldn't necessarily agree with now. You know, like you have to be this weight and like this kind of happy where it's like nature is great for us, even if you never lose a pound or like stay on your meds for your brain. You know, it's
1: okay. Yeah. And I would hate for anyone to get the message that they're only supposed to be out there if they're the right size, or they're only supposed to be yeah. out there to lose weight, with that being the goal. It, I mean, you should be out there because it feels great. No.
2: Animals are out there, and they're not worried about like, shit. Am I too fat to be outside? Are my thighs too yeah. big to be out like, here? Like, can I not climb this tree because I'm a fat squirrel?
1: Like, oh, fat squirrels are so oh cute. Oh my god, I just the love it when they're fat. I I love a fat animal. Ugh. Oh, Anywho. We need to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to hear from some listeners who have more complicated relationships with nature, and we're going to answer some listener questions. Stay with us. Do you ever find yourself wading through your news feed on Facebook or Twitter, wishing you could just call someone up and ask, what do I really need to pay attention to here? Well, what if you could? I'm Mary Harris, the host of What Next, Slate's new daily news podcast. And every weekday morning, I'm going to be on call for you, taking you inside one story, going deep behind the headlines. What Next is news you're not going to get just scrolling through your phone. To listen, subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen. All
2: right, we're back And we want to share stories from listeners who have more complicated relationships with nature. Yes. Sarah wrote us to say, Hi, Kristen and Jolenta. I recently read The Nature Fix, and I'm so happy you discussed it this week. I want to bring up an issue I had, which I think you both touched on a bit during the episode, and that is the fact that there's a certain wildness to the natural world that has a way of not bending to our will. I think even the phrase the nature fix suggests that nature is here to serve humanity's will and desires versus being something we are inherently connected to. Further, there's this idealized or romantic view of nature that comes with viewing it as a separate-from-us thing. Florence Williams seems to suggest that simply sitting in nature, listening to nature sounds, or viewing flowers can, without question, bring us peace and health. I live on a 2,500-acre woodland property in southern Indiana, and I spend four to five hours outside with my kids each day, sometimes pretending to be trolls. But I don't always feel at peace. It can be incredibly discomforting. My legs are currently covered in mosquito bites and scratches from hiking through tall grass. When I go for runs through the woods, I get attacked by flies buzzing by my head. I get gnats in my eyes and choke on approximately three to five spider webs. It's not pretty, and it can seriously piss me off. I love nature, but like with most things we love, I don't always like it. Mm. Yeah.
1: And you know what, Sarah? A lot of people share your sentiments. Meredith seconded what you had to say, writing, I was at a backyard party yesterday, and while the bugs were biting and crawling all over me, I was reminded about how much I don't love nature all the time. I just hate being in it sometimes, especially when it's too hot or there are bugs. And being outdoors didn't seem to improve my mood. I wasn't looking forward to this party anyway, since there was some friend drama associated with it. It almost seemed to worsen my mood since I wasn't comfortable. Does anyone else have this problem or is it just me?
2: Oh, no, I totally feel your pain, Meredith. Like, I grew up in Oregon where, like, every school trip was like, you're going to this campsite, now that campsite, now this backpacking trip, now, like, hike up this mountain. And, like, I associate a lot of camping with just, like, being forced to do it with, like, a group of kids I didn't pick, some of whom are mean to me, some of whom, like, I'm probably mean to. Like, I don't associate it with like, yay, freedom and joy all the time. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I
1: don't. Yeah, um, I totally second that. I am mosquito bait, too. I'm one of those Mm. magic people who, as long as I am in the room, nobody else will get bit. I'll just get all the mosquitoes will just come to me because I am so delicious. They will
2: eat me up. that sweet
1: blood. Yes, I'm just too yummy. But in addition to being bitten constantly by bugs, I just have to confess something here. I hate camping. And I know a lot of people who've written into us say that camping is something that is enlightening, and it brings us to a transcendent place, and it's something that all humans should do. A lot of people wrote in saying that, but... I hate camping. I don't like sleeping on lumpy ground in a tent where the bugs are crawling in or are buzzing around me. I don't like digging a hole to poo in. I don't like doing so many of the things that you do when you're camping. And I'm not saying this hypothetically speaking, I'm saying this as someone who's been camping a few times. And I think it was when I was 20 or 21 when I said, Well, that's the last time. I'm old enough now to know that I've tried it a few times. It's not my thing. I'm not going to camp anymore. From now on, if I'm going into the wilderness, I'm going to stay in a cabin. Or in a house, or a yurt, or a yurt. I love a yurt. I just like to say the word yurt, but I don't want to stay in a yurt because circle rooms make me like they They freak you out. Yeah, a
2: little bit. Yeah, I just feel like there's no
1: corner for some bad guy to hide in. Ooh, that's a good way to look at it. Mm -hmm.
2: There's a funny story my mom always tells about the first time we went camping, and we like got to the campsite, set up the tent, we're like cooking on the little like you know burner stove thing you bring, and the whole time I was like, "Are we camping yet?" Because I thought something like exciting and cool was going to happen. This is it. We're just going to sit here. Yeah. And she's like, This is it, buddy. Sorry
1: to burst your bubble. And I was like,
2: Oh, okay. Okay. So, like, I get it. I tend to love it. I love like putting iodine drops in water and like.
1: I don't want to hear what's happening in the next tent tent over. I don't want to hear people arguing or doing other things. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't want to hear it. Yeah, no, to each their own. It's
2: fine. It's like meditation. Works for some, not for others. Yeah. And on the note of not always loving nature, Sarah wrote us to say, I love getting my nature time every day by walking to and from classes. You talked a lot about the challenges of engaging with nature in an urban environment, but I would love to hear your take on whether this book would also be harder to follow in the winter. For me, when it's snowy and cold out, it's a lot harder to convince myself to leave the house. Thanks for the fun summer read.
1: Mm. That's a good question. Yeah. I mean, I think that actually what's been happening in New York recently is it's been so hot and muggy that... I've gone out a few weekend days where I'm like, where did all the people go?
2: Yeah. Did they evaporate?
1: Did they just lock themselves in the AC? I don't know where everybody went. And I do think a lot of people did lock themselves in the AC in their apartments. Totally. I mean,
2: I, I guess I feel like it's a personal preference. I know some people who like much prefer going out in the winter and they like only like winter sports and cross country skiing is better than hiking. And like for me... I don't love going out in the winter, but because I have a dog, I've learned to love it. I got you know finally got some good boots, and it's fun to watch him freak out in the snow because he loves it. <laughs> so truly, it's only Hold on, does he have little winter boots? He though? has little blue wellies that oh he wears my in the snow. God, and it's
1: like it's Why it's become fun. Did I not know this?
2: You didn't know this? No, oh, it's the, he has like a little parka and little. Oh, I knew boots, about his parka, he's then, got a good
1: jacket wardrobe. But oh, he has a really good jacket. <laughs>
2: Um, And it's fun because, you know, when it's a fresh blizzard and there are no cars out, I can take him out without his leash and he can just sprint around in these huge banks of snow that are bigger than him. And seeing him enjoy it has made me more on board with going outside in the winter.
1: Well, I'm, I'm kind of inclined to just try to go out no matter what the weather is, because I am very lucky that I aged out of a lot of the allergies I had as a kid. So as a kid... My I think I've mentioned before, I have an allergy to the cold. There's this condition I have and it's gotten better as I've aged. It used to be much worse when I was younger. So I love that I can go out more in the cold now as an adult. I used to have much worse hay fever when I was a little kid and I can go out now. So I enjoy a lot of nature year round. But when I was a kid, I had to limit how much time I spent out during certain seasons. It would kill me literally. That is insane. Yes. I, w-
2: I have so many questions about this cold allergy, but I don't want us to go off the rails. Right oh, I'll post something
1: on the Facebook community. That way, Great. everyone can read about it.
2: But can we switch gears now, Kristen? Because I think we have a very important bird we need to talk about. Yes,
1: yes. I love talking about birds. I'm a crazy
2: bird lady. Oh yes. Uh, Natasha wrote us about pigeons. Yay. She says
1: Jolenta is
2: the only person I've ever heard share my affection for pigeons. They're so pretty when you actually look at them in all their different colors. Plus. No one can even figure out how they get themselves home. So it's basically a superpower. And like you said, Gelanta, they're tough as hell. At least one has flown into my head. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure several have been responsible for shitting on me. But I still love them. Yes, pigeons.
1: Pigeons really are pretty. I mean, I have to say, as a New Yorker for almost 20 years, I don't appreciate them as much as I should. But, you know, my first encounters with pigeons, I thought they were really beautiful. I
2: really like the part on their neck that's like a dark gray, but it's also sort of opalescent. Like, yeah. they, when it hits the light, it's like purple and green and red and pink. Like, they're kind of beautiful. Not to mention homing pigeons are freaking nuts. And like hold how on, do they do despise?
1: that spies? Yeah. Oh. Spies used
2: to use pigeons to send messages. Like yeah. no cockatiel is getting a message to a spy. They're That's beautiful true. in their own right, but I'm just saying, you know. You know what else isn't going to do that? What? Uh, peacock. They're oh. too flashy. They're I mean they can't And they even walk fly. everywhere.
1: Yeah. It's just it's useless. They're
2: gorgeous. Like all birds are great, but like pigeons I think are underrated. And when they poop on you it's lucky. So just be glad you know a pigeon. <laughs>
1: um We should talk about my feet. Oh, my
2: gosh. Yes, Kristen. We got a lot of questions and a lot of very strong reactions about Dean managing your
1: foot care. He manages because he cares. Does
2: he care? Or are you two just the weirdest couple on earth? Uh, Our listeners aren't sure. So, in fact, uh, one listener, Kathleen, put up a survey on the Buy the Book Facebook community asking which was the most awkward. And the options were audio of Dean pumicing Kristen's feet audio of Kristen and Dean in the bathtub during the Five Love Languages, or
1: what do you mean awkward? Both are sweet. Ah, That is, they are all sweet. They're all sweet. No. Well,
2: we know what you voted
1: for. <laughs> what was the result after all the
2: voting? Well, over 100 people responded so far, and the verdict is the bathtub scene from the Five Love Languages is the most awkward, with the other two answers tied.
1: Woohoo! Yes, this is proof that it's not weird that Dean takes care of my feet. Or
2: it's just proof that you guys are so weird that listeners make polls about how weird you are.
1: <laughs> I love our listeners. No, I'm just jealous. I love you guys. I'm jealous. I, I, wish, love you guys.
2: I wish Brad would pumice my feet. I wish Brad even knew what
1: pumicing
2: a foot meant.
1: <laughs> All right. Enough of my feet. Enough of my feet. A lot of listeners wrote in to ask Are you still doing all this stuff? Are you still doing the nature things that you did during this book? They seemed very invested in having us continue our efforts.
2: Yes, Kristen, in particular, some listeners want to know if you are still leaving your desk every day and going outside. All right,
1: the truth. Yes, no, Kristen, I'm not. not, But I am leaving my desk at least twice a week. Cam can back me up on this. He's seen me leave my desk at least twice a week, and that is still a huge step for me, considering that book was actually weeks ago we were living by. It. True, and true. It's two times a week I've been going out minimum.
2: Okay. And
1: I'm still petting my lavender, mm-hmm. though I have a confession. Yes. Three-fourths of my herb garden is dead now. No. Well, when I left to go to New Zealand a couple weeks ago, uh-huh. we asked a neighbor to water our plants, and they kind of watered some things and didn't water others, and oh, no, somehow no. the lavender survived, but the other herbs didn't. But oh, um, poor little herbs. Poor herbs. I'm still petting the lavender every day, but the... You know, the lavender has no friends in the pot anymore. It's just the That's lavender. sad. Yeah, it's sad. Um, but enough about my plants. Jolenta, I want to read this note to you from Jennifer, which I just love. She says... Jolenta did an amazing job of living by this book. This was one of the most how do I live by this book and be a normal person sorts of books. Listening to nature sounds and smelling the apartment scents was so sweet. I think she really put on her thinking cap to make this book work for her.
2: That's so nice. That is so nice to hear. Seriously. It's true. You did. You did. And guess what? I'm still doing a lot of these things especially huffing my oils. Um, (laughs) Recently (laughs) I've started Putting a little drop of my essential oil in the water I use to wipe down my yoga mat so I can now huff the oil while I exercise.
1: You know what the lesson of this whole two episode series is? What? Huffing is good. Yeah. Smelling Everyone stuff huff, is so just nice. Huff.
2: I just sort of forget that smell is like a thing sometimes too. Like, oh, right. Like, you can smell a thing and like that is a sense in itself. Yeah. I Huffing like it. for
1: the win. Huffing. We're going to take another quick break. But when we come back, we'll discuss Cameron's big life change and announce next week's book.
2: All right, we are back, and we are ready to force our producer, Cameron, to talk
1: to us. Yay! Yay! Now, Cameron... You posted something on Facebook last week, which resulted in some questions. Yes, Cameron. First of all, what did you post?
0: I posted a picture of a new plant that I have because before I had zero plants. And I was talking about how I have zero plants and Kristen overheard me. And then when I came to the office the next day... I saw that she had bought me a plant. That is
2: so cute. What Isn't a good it? Boss.
1: I know. Everyone deserves a plant, especially you, Cam. You Yay. deserve something that's alive and that you can love. Oh, thank
2: you. Oh, so what kind of plant
1: is it? We looked it up.
0: What is it called? I think it's called a cast iron plant. Cast a cast iron, iron plant. Like yeah. a skillet, but a plant.
1: Yeah. It's supposed to be really good for first time plant owners because it's hard to kill. And Cam said he wouldn't want a plant he could kill.
2: Oh. I've learned you can kill them all.
0: (laughs) Oh, maybe I'll find a way. Yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) Not by choice, but, you know, my airplane is now deceased and I miss it dearly.
1: Now, Cam, listener Sarah is one of the many listeners out there who wanted to know if you've named the plant yet. She wrote, let us know if you're accepting suggestions. What are Facebook groups for after all? Have you named your plant, Cam? I have not named the plant, and I am so
0: open to taking suggestions from listeners. He did so. just
2: refer to his plant off mic as a son.
0: I did. I said my plant son. So I'm thinking I mean. he's, he's
2: <laughs> feeling a masculine vibe, which is fine. So maybe, you know, if people want to make suggestions on the Facebook community, like keep in mind, Cam has decided it's a son. That's what he feels in his
1: heart. Could that be, though, partly that you think it's a son because almost all of our listeners who name their plants have told us they have male names for their plants and maybe you just absorb that message. Yes. That seed might
0: have been planted in my brain. Oh,
1: no. Uh, You two
0: have been hanging out together way too much. Cam,
1: that's what I'm talking about. I can't.
0: I'm so sorry about that. Thank you, Cameron. I'm so sorry that that all people,
1: Don't make him leave the conversation that way. Cameron just walked out the door. (laughs) He did it. Oh, okay. my gosh. So
0: maybe I'll put up a new post when <laughs> this episode airs, taking suggestions for names, because my original post is pretty crowded already. Nice. So I'll just create a new post where anyone can suggest whatever names you want, and I'll pick my favorite from the Ooh, list. Oh I can't Ooh. wait to
1: hear what you, what you pick. Love that idea. Yeah. Love it. Thank, Thank you, you so Cam. much, Cam. Mm-hmm. And huge thanks to everyone who wrote in this week. And an extra, extra big, huge thanks to everyone who posted their nature photos yes, on our Facebook so nice. community. Oh, my God. We've just been feeling like we're on vacation looking at those photos. Yeah. They're fantastic. We've been loving them. Photos from far away, like Australia, from my native Minnesota. Definitely saw some Oregon and Washington yes.
2: photos. Yes. Pacific Northwestern Urbers.
1: What? I love all the photos of people just, like, with their backyards. Yes. 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 Love so that. Nice. And then, oh, one of the photos I love, that yes. woman who catches birds. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Birds that are trapped in, like, corporate buildings and so what on. What a rescues hero, them. first of all. What? what I didn't even know hero. that was a job. That's so cool. Yes. Love it. And we just have a favor to ask because Jolenta and Cameron and I want all of these photos in one place. And we love looking at the photos. If you want to keep sending your wilderness or nature photos, send them to our Instagram and that's a way for us to be able to just page through them right. whenever we want to. So we have a buy the Book Instagram feed. It's at buy the Book Pod. And just use
2: the hashtag buy the Book Pod. And that way we'll see them. Maybe we can make our own post that's a collection of all the things you guys sent us. Because they are so beautiful. And looking at nature is good for you. Yay. As we know. Yes. All right.
1: Is it's it ma- time? It's, it's time. It's magic time. It's, it's the time, time when we introduce next week's book. Our
2: next week's book is A Girl's Guide to Joining the Resistance, a feminist handbook on fighting for good by Emma Gray.
1: Will Jolenta and I actually learn to fight? Does a handbook have to fit in one hand? If I'm not wearing a bra, what can I burn instead? Listen next week to find out. Reminder, you can reach us at 505-510-BOOK or write us at buythebook at panoply.fm. And if you're not already, follow us on Instagram. And you can tweet us at buythebookpod, at Jalenta G, and at Kristen Meinzer.
2: Thanks, of course, to our producer and new plant
1: papa, Cameron Drews. Until next time, I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Jalenta Greenberg. Bye-bye.
2: But let's start with a topic that always gets lots of play here. It's everyone's favorite P word. Penis. No. Sorry. <laughs> that was amazing, that though. That was wrong.
1: Sorry. Oh, my God. Sorry. My heart
2: was like in my throat, too. Like, I, that scared me. <laughs> <laughs> that truly scared me. But uh, Let's go
1: back. Sorry. No, sorry. no. I was guessing. I thought you were riddling me.